Welcome to the awesome Podmix. You are listening to Abby. The idea behind this podcast was to talk about how certain movies and TV shows made me feel when I watched them for the very first time. A reputed filmmaker once said, when a piece of art invokes a similar feeling amidst a large audience, it's the triumph of the filmmaker. That's the magic of cinema. I love the magic of cinema. Today, I'll be talking about the third episode of Marvel Studios' Hawkeye. Whether Marvel creates movies or TV shows, they are all cinematic. This episode's title is Echoes, written by Katie Mathewson and Tanner Bean and directed by Bert and Bertie. The episode opens in the year 2007. Young Maya is in her class and trying to read her teacher's lips. The teacher wants young Maya to pay attention, but young Maya has already filled in the blanks in her workbook. At night, young Maya and her dad are shadow puppeting. Young Maya is curious and asks a bunch of questions via ASL. What sound does the sky make? Her father replies, it's quiet like you. What sound does the dragon make? Maya's dad makes the sound of a dragon. When Maya asks, are dragons real? Maya's dad says, no, maybe they are. But dragons live in a different world. In the MCU, they are real and they appeared in Shang-Chi and the Legend of Ten Rings. They do live in a different world, the world of Talo. Maya asks, what if they learned to come into our world? Maya's dad replies, that would make them stronger because that means they have the ability to transcend worlds. Young Maya thought she would be able to go to school with kids like her. Her father says that's impossible because she is one of a kind. Stop lying to the kid already. If crime doesn't pay, I don't know what does. He broke his promise. Stop feeding things to her like, you have to learn to jump between worlds. She's a kid. Let her live and learn the way she wants to. At the Karate Academy, young Kazi has a match to fight with another kid. Kazi loses. Maya's dad advises, it's more about speed than size in the game. Uncle makes an appearance. He pulls Maya's cheeks and we hear his laughter. It sounds like Vincent D'Onofrio's laughter. And those cufflinks are the signature style of Wilson Fisk, aka Kingpin. Maya has one prosthetic foot. The makers have incorporated this for Maya's character because Maya is played by Eliqua Cox and she has a prosthetic foot. I have to applaud the makers for this. This is the way to be inclusive. Young Maya defeats the kid who defeated Kazi in the previous match. Cut to the years during the blip, adult Maya beats her opponent in a boxing ring. When she leaves to visit Fat Man Auto Repair, Ronan massacres the tracksuit mafia guys, including Maya's dad. Maya's dad's last words to her are, Please, just go. I'm already gone. Fly away from here, little dragon. A bloody hand imprints on Maya's face, just like in the comics. And her dad bids her goodbye. In the present day, abandoned KB toy store is where Clint and Kate are kept hostage. Kate realizes Clint is mad at her and for the right reasons. She thinks Clint would be lost without her. But Clint reveals he would have cleared her name from the suit had she not crashed from the skylight. Kate gives relationship advice to one of the tracksuit mafia guys. 
Maya enters and notices Clint's hearing aid and sets Clint's hands free for signing. Clint explains, sorry, hard of hearing, not deaf. When Maya asks what he's doing here, he steers the conversation saying, more cookies please, thank you. Kazi repeats Maya's question. Maya thinks Clint relies too much on technology. Clint defends himself saying, his choice of weapon is two sticks and a string. Clint clarifies that Kate put on the suit by accident and she is not Ronin because she is nine. Maya insists that Kate may not be Ronin, but she beat up some of her guys and came rushing to rescue Clint. Clint reveals that Ronin's return is a rumor because he's dead. Natasha Romanov killed him and he knows it for sure because he was there. Natasha did kill Ronin. She pulled Clint back from the depths of hell. Technically, Clint is not lying. Clint tries to get rid of his ties. Maya chokes Kate as Kate explains why she put on the Ronin suit. Clint pacifies Kate saying, Now is not the time to be scared. They'll get out of this. And they're gonna harness that ridiculous overconfidence of hers. Clint gets rid of his ties and escapes. He first hides and then uses the toys in the store for his defense. Maya catches up to Clint and fights him. Clint hits her with a hockey stick on her prosthetic leg. Maya hits Clint with her prosthetic leg and knocks off his hearing aid. Maya stomps on the hearing aid and kicks it off toward Kate. Clint uses the trampoline, crashes into the office and grabs his bow and quiver of arrows. Maya enters and grabs Kate's bow. Clint tries to fend Maya off and finally manages to shoot two arrows and pins Maya to the wall. Clint stylishly leaps off the area outside the office room and shoots an arrow midair in slow motion. This is the most perfect shot and my favorite shot of the episode. I could watch this all day. In a loop, the arrow travels right next to Kazi's ear and frees Kate from the ties. Clint jumps into the ball pit and hides under. Kate fights off Kazi. The tracksuit mafia guys look for Clint in the ball pit, but Clint stabs them in the foot with his arrows. The whole ball pit sequence made me want to say bazinga every time Clint made a shot. And he never misses. Clint is in his element with the bow and the arrow. Bazinga is a catchphrase of Sheldon Cooper from The Big Bang Theory. Clint fights off the tracksuit mafia guys using his arrows and bow. Finally, Clint knocks Kazi out. Clint picks up his hearing aid and says, My hearing aid is smashed. Come on, we gotta go. Kate replies, But that girl has my bow. I think this portion of the scene was ADR'd because it's a wide shot. Jeremy Renner's lips are barely moving, and Kate's lines are over the top angle shot when she's looking down the stairs. Because I love the show so much, it's okay. Clint refuses to smash a 72 Challenger and hotwires a Chrysler instead. Clint wants Kate to drive and he is not hearing her. The tracksuit mafia guys catch up to them. Clint barely manages to start the car and thus begins the rotating one-shot from inside the Chrysler. This shot is a work of art. It's beautiful. Kate brings the quiver of arrows in front. Clint says they're out of regular arrows and dismisses most of them saying, definitely not this one. Oh my god, trick arrows? You don't have to say definitely like that. 
Clint wants her to be careful. She first uses a Play-Doh arrow. Clint wants her to use the putty arrow to hit the tires. But Kate doesn't know which is which because they are not labelled. Kate feels it would be a lot easier if the car was facing the other way. Clint repeats the same thing without realising what Kate just said. Kate feels glad that they're communicating. Clint turns the car around and drives in reverse. Kate shoots another arrow and the Truster Bro van explodes. Kate shoots a plunger arrow at Maya's Challenger. Kate then shoots an arrow which releases a bunch of wires that tug at a bunch of Christmas trees and pull them toward the truck. Clint voluntarily gives two acid arrows to drop the traffic lights. Clint takes the route to the bridge now. When Maya's car catches up to the Chrysler, Kate notices her bow in the back seat of the Challenger and takes it back. She shoots a purple gas arrow inside the Challenger, disorienting them. Clint figures that the remaining tracksuit mafia truck will crash into them. So he hands over an arrow to take out the truck aiming high and bringing the arrow down on them. Clint uses an arrow, the tip of which glows blue. Kate shoots up. Clint waits. When the focus shifts from Clint's face to the arrow, we see the PIM Technologies logo. It's glowing blue which means the arrow it hits will become gigantic. The arrow blasts off the back of Kazi's truck. Clint gives Kate a USB arrow to cover him while he runs toward Maya's challenger to retrieve the plunger arrow. Kate shoots the USB arrow and it's useless. One of the tracksuit mafia guys curses saying, Soupka! Something that even Yelena says in Black Widow, which means B-I-T-C-H. Clint instructs Kate to follow him. Clint and Kate jump off the bridge, turn mid-air and hold on to the bow like Clint did in The Avengers. Clint shoots a swing arrow. They land on the subway train and stick on with the plunger arrow. Clint and Kate enter the subway and sit before a therapy poster. Clint definitely needs therapy. And so do I. Kate remembers that they need to walk the dog. Clint compliments Kate on her archery skills and calls her one of the best archers in the world. It's such a sweet moment. I love it. I don't recall my mentor complimenting me like that. Back at the safe house apartment, Clint freshens up. His phone vibrates and he picks up the call thinking it's his wife, Laura. But it's Nate, his youngest son. Kate helps Clint have a conversation with Nate by writing down what Nate is saying on a notepad. Kate feels guilty because she is the reason Clint is not back with his family for Christmas. Nate says he understands if Clint can't make it home for Christmas. How dare you break my heart like that? It's such a well-written and well-performed scene that tears roll down my eyes. Clint promises he's gonna be home soon. He better be home soon. He says he's happy to hear Nate's voice. Love you. Love you more. He even thanks Kate for helping him. I can't even. Clint, Kate and the one-eyed dog wait outside the doctor's office. There's a poster for Chinese New Year, the Year of Snake, which is 29th January 2025. So that place is Hawkeye during Christmas of 2024. Kate shares how she's dreamt of being a hero all her life. Clint explains that the life of a superhero comes at a price and many sacrifices. Kate draws a costume picture with an H for Hawkeye on the head. Clint dismisses it because it's his job to keep his identity a secret. 
Kate figures that Ronan is someone close to Clint and he needs to protect their secret. Clint suggests that Kate needs to name the dog. Little old Caesar, dog father, I love that name. Sir Dog of Pizza, Pizza Dog? The one-eyed dog responds to that name. It's now Pizza Dog. As Kate and Clint walk through the Central Park, the dialogue in the wide shots are mostly ADR'd. The not really appears ADR'd. The wide shot where Clint says the guy at the top started small is also ADR'd. I thought Maya was the boss is also ADR'd. If you observe closely, many of the dialogue in the scene are ADR'd. But they do such a clean job that I'm okay with it. In fact, I'm impressed. Clint is impressed with Kate's penthouse and thinks he's in the wrong business. Kate researches about Kazi and they learn that he works for a company named Sloan. As Clint walks around the penthouse, Jack draws the Ronin sword at Clint's throat. Fade to black. What a cliffhanger to end the episode on. I love this episode so much, despite the little things that I noticed. It's my favorite of the three from the series till now. You can listen to the awesome pod mix and subscribe to it on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Amazon Music and Google Podcasts. If you like what I'm doing, I'll soon be launching the awesome pod mix page on Patreon and you can support me there. Thanks for listening.